Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Heavenly Father, we just come to you today, God, and we just are in awe of you. You're the creator. You're the architect. You've designed us on purpose. You've designed us for a purpose. And God, it's our honor to worship you. It's our honor to praise your name above all other names today, God. We just lift your name high. And I just pray for everyone in this room today, God. I pray that today our focus is on you. That we just focus up towards heaven, God, and we just lay every burden, lay sickness, lay worry, lay doubt, lay all the things that are just distracting us from you, God, that we just lay those at your feet this morning. God, hear our praises, hear our prayers, God. And I just, I just pray, God, that you will challenge us today, whether, whether we're single, whether we're in relationships, whether we're married. God, just you have a powerful word for us today, and you have a challenge, you have a calling for our lives today, God, and I pray that we will just really tune in to you and your word today. God, thank you for this glimpse of eternity where we just get to sing together and shout your praises, God. It's all for your glory, God. Use us today. Challenge us today. Be with us today. Everyone in the room, we just declare in the name of Jesus Christ, we all say in his name, amen. Well, what's up, Real Life Church? How you doing today? Man, it is so good to see you. You guys look good. You sound good. I hope you're feeling good. It's a beautiful day, and we're here in God's house, and it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a banger. I declare it. It's going to be a banger today, a banger of a message. I'll just keep saying it till it's cool. It won't get cool, will it? Man, it is awesome to be here, and it's awesome to worship with you. And I just want to welcome one of my favorite groups of people. They're called Real Life Church Online, streaming live. Let's make them feel welcome. Come on. We got some people in different states enjoying us today. And, you know, I wanted to share something with you. You know, my good friend Jared back there, kind of the, the head of the whole behind the scenes of that, he was bringing up a good point. You know, you think Sean brings it on a Sunday morning, you know, hearing it in the room, you should listen to him through a podcast in your car speaker system. Those dulcet tones of Sean Petrie, man, they just they just hit a little bit different when you check out a podcast throughout the week. So another way you can, uh, you can enjoy that. But if you're in the room today, man, what an honor to have you here and just to hear you sing and worship with you today. We're just honored to have you. And I just want to make you feel so welcome today. Before you do anything, will you make the people around you feel welcome? Will you throw out a high five, a handshake, a fist bump, or a bow, whatever you feel comfortable with, and then have a seat. All right. It is so good to see you. And you know, one of the most exciting things are when we get to see brand new faces. And so if you're brand new, I just want to say welcome. You're here on purpose today. Whether you know what that purpose is yet or not, you are here for a reason. And it's our honor just to get to know you. So I just want to encourage you, uh, if you've never done this before, get your phone out and text RL New to 97,000. And, and when you do that, a member of our connection team just loves to reach out to you this week completely digitally, uh, over the phone, uh, and just really just check in on you. We just want to get to know you a little bit. We want to hear your story. What's your story? 
Uh, where are you coming from? How can we be praying for you this week? And what questions do you have about Real Life Church? So we'd love to open that dialogue with you this week by texting that number. And if you're online and you've never done that there, and you're watching this live, there's a link you can be clicking right now to do that. It's our honor to have you. Hey, if you're brand new and you've never stopped by our new here booth, I also want to invite you to do that. It's right there in the hub after this gathering. We have a small gift for you. It's just our way of saying thank you for spending part of your week with us here at Real Life Church. A little bit of encouragement for you as well. You know, you, you got up today, you, you gathered the, yourself or maybe the family around. I just want to encourage you to pray about this week, you know, about making that a new routine. Maybe for some of you, that felt really hard to get out of bed, to hear an alarm on the weekend. Man, I totally get it. We totally get it. And uh, it's always hard until you make it a routine. I just want to encourage you, what would it look like to make that a part of of your week. You know, what, what's God going to just change about your life in such a hugely positive way when you do that? I just encourage you to pray on that. No pressure on that. But I encourage you to pray about new routines in this season. How cool would that be? Well, a little bit more about us here at Real Life Church. So we're a church on a mission. And that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And, and you guys know by now, it goes so far beyond just a Sunday morning, right? It's through the week, through those life groups, through the upcoming Hope Center. We're just... We're just so passionate about people here in Cass County and with our online ministry, just beyond, you know, whoever God brings our way, we just want to do whatever we can to point people to him. And so if you've been looking for a church to get on mission with, or maybe you've been hanging out with us for a little bit and you're not really sure what to do, I just encourage you again, no, nothing more simple than a simple prayer. God, what do you have for me? Is real life church where you're calling me to be on mission? Are you calling me to plant some roots down? Are you calling me to invite that neighbor, that friend, that coworker that's close to me, but maybe far from you? That's a simple prayer. I just challenge you to, to take a step of faith this week and pray that prayer and just see what God has for that. Well, you know, this time of year, we're, we're in week two of a brand new series, kind of thinking about relationships. And, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe this last week, if you were here with us, maybe, maybe you took that plunge and did something different. You, you prayed with your significant other this week, and you, you, you went through the, the boundary of awkwardness. And I, I, can just speak, I can just speak truth to you. I think we have that relationship. It was a little awkward. Day one, you know, Holly and I, man, we, we do a lot of things well, but, but that's something that God really just spoke on us to really start doing that out loud. And, and uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not spilling the beans here. I mean, it was kind of awkward a couple of times, wasn't it? But that's why we love being here. We love being challenged and just knowing that there's always room for growth. And, and it's another good word. You know, your relationship is so much more than social media. It's so much more than those easy things to hit post on. It, you gotta build it on a firm foundation. So my question to you, what is your foundation? What is your relationship built on? But I tell you what, guys, whether you're single, this message is for you today. Whether you're just dating or in a new relationship or newly married or you've been married for several decades, there is a challenge for you today. So I just pray that you will have your ears open, your hearts open, that you'll be following along in you version because man, God is just gonna lay something on your heart today through Pastor Sean. Without further ado, let's give it up for Pastor Sean. He's got a word for us. Come on, man, not easily broken. Come on, Sean. Hey, good morning, real life, how you doing? You're with me, I like that. 
Hey, I had a question for you all week. I was thinking about this question. Who enjoyed their first week of life groups? Come on. Let me know if you enjoyed it. Come on. A little bit of you guys. Man, the first gathering was really excited. You guys were like, yeah. Drew was excited up here. Um, we had this big, hairy, audacious goal for life groups this semester. And uh, we, we decided as, as a team, we said, hey, look, we want more people to go to life groups than come on Sunday morning. We, we said the essence of our church is going to be life groups. And so I'd encourage you to get plugged in. Uh, those guys who went out, obviously, you probably made some friends, some connection. God just doing something soul to soul, not just side by side, but soul to soul. But I'll encourage you, maybe you're on the fence. I know there's a life group is a, maybe not for everybody in this season, but I'll encourage you, man, to get, get uh, connected. And here's what we know. God's going to speak to you. When you show up to church it's a, or it's a Sunday morning gathering, the reality is it's easy to receive something from God. But when we show up to a life group, it's amazing. You only get something from other people. You get to give back to somebody else. Amen. You get to pour into somebody and speak a word of truth and just, just encouragement. It's just natural. It's not like you're some program thing, but it's loving on people, caring for people. So I encourage you, don't do life alone in this season. You're going to get the ground floor. We're week two starting today. So I'm really, really excited about it. Another thing we're excited about is our Hope Center is well underway. And so we've had a, a large team out there serving these last uh, few months, and uh, all the framing is officially finished. Amen. Come on, somebody. That's exciting news. I'm more excited probably than anybody about that. So uh, we're, we're into the electrical, mechanical, plumbing, uh, ordering installation and drywall, all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, but here I'll remind you guys what the Hope Center is. Some of you guys are new with us or maybe you don't know what it is. Uh, some people ask, are we moving our gatherings over there on Sunday? And we're not. Uh, what this is for is we are bringing the hope of Jesus to our city. So there's a counseling center, youth ministry there, uh, worship practice. Um, and this is the beginning of what God is going to do. It's located right behind Joanne's in that strip mall. And uh, just a place for the, the hope of Jesus to go out. We're not just building a building, amen. Uh, we're bringing the name and the renown of Jesus to our city. And so just in a few months, this thing is going to open up. Uh, Dan May wants an exact date. I don't have an exact date, Dan. He wants to give me one. Um, I'll let you know when it happens. <laughs> we'll get close. Um, but God is all over this. I want to encourage you guys, if you've given to this or served at this, um, you played a part of this, you're planting seeds in something so much bigger than yourself, Amen. And for years and years and years, you can drive down 58 and be like, hey, I planted hope in this city. And it's a place of hope to go out, and uh, we're really, really excited about it. And uh, I know I'm excited to move on past the, the studs. Come on, right? Um, but today, uh, I'm ready to dive into the Word of God. It's the second part of the series, Not Easily Broken, all about strengthening your relationships. Uh, you're specifically diving into your marriage today. And I'm about, you guys ready to hear from the Word of God today? Come on, you guys ready? Front row, you ready? Can I feel it from the front? Can I feel it from the back? Can I feel it over here? Yeah. <laughs> you, nah, not you guys. <laughs> All right, give me a chance. Come on, hit over here. I got a boo. I think I got a boo. What does this happen there? I'm going to don't preach this way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Today's going to be a fun day. So excited, 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 excited to dive in. And I hope you guys have some goals for your marriage. Uh, it's so easy to have just goals for your finances or for your business or maybe just some spiritual goals. Uh, I know people always have uh, physical goals, right, uh, some, some workout goals. Diane, she uh, reminded me I need to get all my workout goals. She, she told me this morning, she said, you, you're kind of looking seasoned. You got some salt and pepper and some butter. <laughs> I was like, so true, babe, so true. Do what? That's the best seasoning. Come on, I'm preaching that, right? But I hope you have some relational goals. I, I hope there's something unique and something different about your marriage, about relationships you're in. And uh, the reality is what you don't want is normal. See, normal means broken. 
No, no one means pain and fights and insecurity and disappointment and fear. You want something that's not normal, and you want something different, you have to have different goals. And for some of you, you're going to walk out today, and you're going to have a goal to follow Jesus in your marriage. So, uh, so, some of you guys are going to walk out today and say, I'm going to seek God. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to serve at church. Uh, we're going to be aligned together, whatever God's calling us to do. We're going to get this marriage thing figured out. We're going to fight for our marriage because there's an enemy that's fighting against our marriage. And so today we're going to talk about something that's so significant. We're going to talk about what it is to be mission-driven in your marriage, to live on purpose, not just to coexist, not just to be happy, but to live on purpose. Now, the reality today is this message is going to be uh, real easy to be like, that was good. I love that message. Man, that was, that was speaking. And it's going to be really, really difficult to live out. It's going to take some work today to do this. So I don't know if you guys are ready uh, to do some work, but anything we're doing is worth working towards. So I'm hoping you guys are ready. You guys ready today? Can you say, I'm ready? I'm ready. I hope you're ready. Yeah. There you go, Dan. He's fired up. I love it. But, man, this can be some work. So uh, as you talk about marriage, you know, it always starts out with this pre-counseling or the premarital counseling session. And uh, I always love doing these because it's People have no idea what they're doing. They're in the pre-honeymoon phase, right? Which just means that all they do is think about the honeymoon. Come on, somebody, right? And um, so no matter what you say, it's like, oh, yeah, you have no idea. Um, you should, like, after you get married counseling, right, um, be way better. Uh, but they always show up, and it's like there's this love seat, and they just choose to sit super close. There's, like, two chairs, but they share a chair. You know what I'm saying? It's like half a butt cheek, and they're cuddling, and there's googly eyes. Oh, man. And they, you can just tell they're, they're in love, right? Uh, all, and, and you always ask them, it's like, hey, so why do you want to get married? And they're like, <laughs> it like never dawned upon them why in the world would we get married. They look at each other, and then their jaw will drop, and then they'll all of a sudden start figuring out, we, we, we don't, we, why are we doing this? And then their face goes pale, right? And they look at each other, and they're like, uh, well, we just want to be happy, and, and we love each other. You don't understand how much we love each other, Pastor. Like, all the love songs made sense, you know? Like, we're going to stay together forever. Like, I can't imagine living a day without this person. They're my soul. Right? I mean, just they tell all these things, right? And they think it's built on happiness. Like, they have no idea why they're getting married. And that, that's the reality for so many people. And so, today, I want to give you a foundational truth of marriage. Uh, th this is, um, like I said, it's going to be work. This is not going to be a sexy sentence, but it's so true. The foundation of your marriage is not happiness, the foundation of your marriage is unity. The foundation of your marriage is doing it together, being on mission for God. And this is where we get messed up from day one. It's not, about, it's not about your feelings. It's not about you. It's about what God is calling you to do together. And happiness is a byproduct of other things. As a matter of fact, if you're trying to be married and stay happy, good luck. Uh, let us know the, the secret to that success. Uh, we'd love to have that. You can come up and preach a message. It'll be good. Um, but the goal is not happiness. The goal is to be mission-driven together. Do something way bigger than yourself. To do something that God has called you to do together. And so look at the foundation of marriage. It's found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It says this, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, this is so important what he said to them. He said, go do your own thing. Uh, you do you. Just be happy. As long as it feels good, just follow your heart, right? He, he didn't say any of this stuff. Matter of fact, he gave us a mission. It was super clear. He said this to Adam and Eve. He said this, be fruitful and increase. In, I didn't hear any amens. I was surprised. Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. This is a pretty important sentence because the first thing that God says to the very first couple in history is probably a little significant. And he says, here is your mission. 
He said, fill, come on, somebody. I mean, he said, conquer, Where, where's the men at? Subdue, these are the words I love, right? Like, you were made for this. He said, fill the earth. He said, conquer, subdue, expand, create, multiply. But he didn't say, as long as you're happy, amen? Just do the mission as long as you're happy. He said, live on mission. And ironically, the last thing that Jesus said to his disciples when he was on earth, he said, go into all the world and make disciples. He said, preach the gospel into every living creature. He gave them a mission. And so why did you get married? And it's, a, it's actually pretty, pretty simple but profound. The reason you get married is because you can serve God together better than apart. Amen? Mm. Amen. There you go. Faith like a child. Come on, somebody. Right? You can serve God better together. That's why God's bringing you together. There's no other reason. Okay? It's not for your taxes. Come on, somebody. Never met anybody's done that. I know a few people. All right? It's not for your taxes. You, you, you get married because you're serving God on mission together. Think about this. There's a divine flow that happens in your relationship. Like you're just coming together as one, as a unit to pursue God, do something significant for his glory. In your marriage, you can easily make this mistake of adding Jesus to your marriage. Like, well, I got married and we do our own thing and we go to church and we pray together sometimes and, you know, we do this whole thing. And, but you can just add it on like it's just a, a plus one. But the reality is this. There's a distinct difference. This is so important to understand. It's foundational. You're not adding Jesus to your marriage. You're adding your marriage to serving Jesus. Amen? You're literally, the only reason we're married is because we're pursuing God together. And for so many people, like, ooh, man, pastor, this is a hard message. We've never had this conversation before. This is weird, right? Like, it's, it's so hard. We get this messed up so often. And if you messed up and you may, maybe this isn't why you're married today, well, guess what? You can flip a new chapter today. Amen? You can get realigned or aligned maybe for the first time for what God has for your marriage because marriage was instituted by God that would be united together on mission. Look what it says in Genesis 2.24. It says, this explains, it's all coming together, guys, why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. This is the reason that you are together, you live on mission. And here's the reality. This is instituted by God. This is an institution that God has made together for you and your spouse. And who knows your enemy is going to do everything he can to scheme and divide this institution. This is probably the most attacked thing in any culture in the world is the family, the mother and the father coming to a husband and wife being attacked by Satan. Satan has a strategy, amen? And you've got to understand, he's going to come after you with all the forces of hell to break apart what God has united. God just took the first two couples and said, you are one, and Satan thought, no, not for long. I'm going to do everything I can to stop you from pursuing each other. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden. They're happy. They're fulfilled. I mean, they are multiplying, you know, or being fruitful, trying to multiply, you know, all this stuff. They're naked and unashamed. Come on, somebody. Nobody's excited about that. You guys wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and be like, yeah, I had too much butter. He's going to get excited about that anymore, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, whatever. We're not... We're not a stuffy church, okay? We're having fun today. Um, but yeah, then the serpent comes in, distracts, and disrupts, and really ultimately destroys this relationship. And I want you to look at the tactic that Satan uses. This is so important. It hasn't changed since, since, this, since this time period, the first couple, 6,000 years. It's not changed at all. This is the same thing that Satan does. And Satan didn't have to go out of his way to get Adam and Eve fighting with each other. He didn't have to give them kids so they can build a life around their kids and they can, they can fight about the kids. And he didn't have to give them jobs and they, they're so busy they never spend time together and just drift apart. Like, he didn't have to create all these other strategies where they have terrible communication skills and harbor unforgiveness and bitterness. 
tenderness or any of these things. He didn't have to do any of that. Matter of fact, all Satan had to do was get Adam and Eve to question God. Come on, somebody. That's it. That's all, that's all Satan had to do. He just had to put an apple out there, and he said, hey, you know what? God doesn't have your best. Matter of fact, what he's holding back from you is stopping you from being happy. Matter of fact, it would be better if you were to just do it on your own. Because God is, God is not loving. He's not, he doesn't he didn't care about you as much as you should. Then you can be like God. And he said, as soon as they fall apart here, then this relationship automatically falls apart. Amen? I mean, come on. you got to get this. Like, we are not that good. We cannot figure this out without Jesus. And so this relationship is foundational. And so Satan knew, if I can just break this, I don't have to worry about that. Like, there's no way you're going to get this right if you don't have this in the right place. You think about how much that Satan divided Adam and Eve. Matter of fact, Adam, the first thing he said, uh, God came up to him and, and Adam said, hey, look, uh, it's Eve's fault. You created this woman. Matter of fact, it's even your fault, God. And then Eve, she blamed the serpent. And the serpent, he didn't have a leg to stand on. Come on, somebody. Come, that's all dad joke. <laughs> Randy, that hurt, that hurt. But you know what? You'll leave this message today and the only thing you remember is that horrible joke the pastor told. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? It was horrible. It was so bad, it was good. <laughs> Come on, Randy. That's all. It's not even Father's Day. I'm already pumped up, you know? So holding that joke on since Bible college. I'll, I'll probably use it again next time. It'll be good. So what God united, the Satan divided. I mean, it's real simple. If you don't get this right, this, this isn't going to right. If this is broken, this is broken. In the reality for most of us, this is, needs some work, amen? And we need to put our time and energy in what God has for us. The Bible asks a really simple question about unity in Amos 3.3. It says this, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? I mean, what a simple question. How far can you make it walking together if you don't agree where you're going? Can you imagine me and Diane going to the rec park and we're like, hey, we're going to walk. And then we get there, it's like, hey, where are we going? I want to go over here. Oh, you want to go there? Oh, cool. Well, I'll, I'll see you on the other side. You're, you've been like Worlds of Fun or Cedar Point or Kings Island or some big amusement park. And you get like, oh, I want to ride this ride, and you want to ride that ride, and all of a sudden, like, we just don't see each other for 10 hours, and you're like, man, I hope they didn't lose their phone. Like, meet me at the car, it's closing, right? Like, that, that, that's most marriages, isn't it? It's like two people coexisting, like, I'll see you passing in the night. Hello, right? I mean, that's just, most marriages aren't united around any front. They don't have a, a direction they're going, and this is what Satan wants. He wants division. And division, it really comes from two words, die, vision, right? Die meaning two, so it's multiple visions. And think about this, anytime you have multiple visions, you have a division. Even if it's a good thing, even if you're like, man, my life's about A, which is amazing, and her life's about B, which is amazing, but you haven't agreed on why you're even married, you have a division. In, in organizations and leadership, if you have two people that have different destinations of where they should go, even if they're good, you still have a division, amen? I mean, it's just, you're just like people working towards different directions and you grow apart. Matter of fact, vision is so important. You guys are agreeing and aligned your marriage. It says this in Proverbs 29, 18. It says, well, there's no vision that people perish. Where people don't agree on where they're going, they perish, they fall apart. Now, I just know so many marriages are struggling because they've never really agreed on where they're going. Why are you married? What, what are you doing in this marriage thing? And the marriage can suffer so much, and people can just coexist and live for happiness. And so many people just, like, root for the same sports teams. Come on, right? Like, we, we have the same gear on, so this is working out, right? We, we go to the same uh, sports with our kids. We cheer our kids on and have the same interest, and it's fun, and it's happy. And then, hmm, it's not because it's not been on the same mission. So what's the heartbeat of your marriage? Like, what's the mission? What's the vision of your marriage? If, if I were to sit down with you a couple, would you say the same thing? Or would you be like, Pastor, don't call me out? I told you it's a hard message, didn't I? I preached so hard in the first gathering, the lights went off. Come on, somebody. And they literally shut down. 
I'm telling you, Satan was like, nope, not today. I was like, I'm pre- preaching in the dark. It don't matter. We don't need the lights on here. But here, here's the reality. What, what's, this, what's this in your marriage? And, and you think about this. It, it's so sad. It, it's, it's a tragedy. Maybe one of the greatest tragedies in all the world is when, when people, they, they're married. I mean, they're together. They have kids together. They own businesses together. Uh, they own houses or a house. They own uh, vehicles and property. Uh, they, they cheer for the same teams. They come to church together. They serve, and they're not united. It's like the greatest, greatest tragedy. Like, we're fooling ourselves so much. And, and, and this is so personal to me, and I'm sure it's personal for so many of you. There's so much pain involved with marriage. I mean, whether you're the married people or you're the kids. And for some of you guys came from homes you would never want to go back to. Some of you came from homes that you were like, hey, they were great people, but there were some problems. Some of you came from amazing homes. But whatever home you came from today, you can create the next chapter, amen? You can be like, well, I'm going to do it a little differently. And even if your family is messed up and you're in a situation, you can say, well, today I'm going to put God at the center of my marriage. I'm going to change some things. But one of the greatest tragedies you could ever have is walk out here today and just be the same, amen? Just walk out and be like, my marriage is going to be what it is. You know, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to change that. And that's what God is calling us to do. And there's so many people hurting. Matter of fact, if I would pass this microphone around the room and said, how many have been hurt because of a marriage? We'd probably go person by person by person. By per- We'd probably be here for, well, <laughs> a long time, right? And it's so much pain around this. And so the reality is some of you guys are walking this season where it's not working out. Some of you guys have walked in a season where it didn't work out in your second marriage or you're in a third marriage or you gave up on marriage. You know, all, all these things. But the reality is we can get this right today. Regardless of what mistakes we've made, or maybe it was your fault or not your fault or whatever, it doesn't matter. But God has a plan for your marriage, amen? This is the institution of God. This is what he told them. You unite as one. You live on mission together. And so we're not going to continue to write the tragedy. So we're going to make some things different. We're going to put some hard goals out there. What I want to do is I'm going to share, about, share with you one of the favorite couples in the Bible. And you can think of Adam and Eve, and um, you can think of Ruth and Boaz, and uh, you, you can think of all these couples, right? Joseph and Mary, amazing couples. Uh, you know, I'll tell you who's not my favorite couple, Solomon and one of his 700 wives. Come on, somebody, you know, <laughs> or 300 concubines. Right? Can, you, can you imagine all the wedding money spent on that and Valentine's Day flowers and dark chocolates? Like, this guy's psychotic, you know. What is wrong with this guy, right? Crazy. But one of my favorite couples is found in the New Testament, and it's, it's, they're only mentioned six times in the Bible. And uh, when they're always mentioned, what's really cool is they're always mentioned together. If he's mentioned, she's mentioned. If, if she's mentioned, he's mentioned. And they are together. And it's Priscilla and Aquila in the Bible. And it's so powerful to see how their marriage played an impact that was mission-driven. So check this out in Romans 16, verse 3. It says this. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. I love this. My co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. That might be the greatest definition of marriage in the Bible. Amen? Mm. Some of you are like, I don't know about that, Pastor. I mean, think about it. They're on mission together. These are co-workers for Christ. These people are serving Christ together. It says, in fact, they, not just one of them, both of them, once risked their lives for me. These people, it, was, it wasn't just an add-on. This wasn't a fan or a fad or a club. I mean, this was at the core of the gospel. They were going to risk their lives, their marriage, their future for Paul and the kingdom and the, the gospel. He said this, I'm thankful to them. That would be amazing if Paul was thankful for me. That would be amazing, or our marriage. He says, and so are all the Gentile churches, all the churches that are reaching outside of the, the Jewish culture and are, are making a difference. You imagine that there played such a significant story in the cause of Christ that every church was thankful or should be thankful for these people. And he says this, also give my greetings to the church 
that meets in their home. Come on, somebody. They're not just showing up. They're running. Isn't this an amazing couple? I mean, think about Priscilla and Aquila. They're on mission together. They're willing to risk their life. They didn't get married so they could be happy. They got married so they could serve God together on mission. And they're making a difference. They're risking their life. And all of that, they're running a life group in their house. Amen? Come on, somebody. They're running a life group. And that's one of the coolest things you get to do when your heart beats together for Jesus. You can look at your spouse and say, man, we got to do something big for God. We can make a difference. What can it be? It's like, dude, we can have some people over, and we can just do life together, and we can plant some seeds of the gospel. We might just pray for five minutes and watch football. We, we might just do a Bible study for an hour and a half. We might, I don't know what it is, but God's calling us to make a difference. And some of you today, that's going to be your call. Some of you can walk out of here and be like, dude, I can do something together with my spouse. I need to do something. I just serve together with my spouse. That's what United is all about. I'm going to serve on that front. That's what I love about these people. It's amazing. United in mission. And I can't tell you that God has united you for something significant in your marriage. Amen. He did not put you together so that you can endure your marriage. Amen. He did not put you together so you can complain about your spouse to everyone in the world but your spouse. He did not put you together so you can be unhappy. He put you together to serve on mission. He put you there on a purpose to make a difference. And today, maybe you can see that. Maybe God's going to speak a word into your life. Together as one, not to be happy, but to do something significant for the kingdom. Now, if you're not married today, this is the worst message in history. Amen? <laughs> Why am I here today? I'm single. What am I going to do? How can I apply this to my life? And I kind of encourage you, if you have a God-fearing, a God-honoring, Jesus-centered, mission-driven relationship in the future, or just for yourself in the future, can I encourage you that today you have to start living a God-fearing, Jesus-centered, mission-driven life today. Amen? you got to start doing it. Like, if you're in high school, be like, oh, I'm not going to wait till I go to college. Oh, I'm not going to wait till I get married, then I'll start serving God. No, start serving today, amen? So start, start giving back today. So start, start giving. You know when you're, you know you're a high school student and you give a dollar? That's like 100% tithe. Come on, somebody, right? Matter of fact, when you get to college, it's 50 cents. It goes down. You're really, you think you're broke in high school. Wait till you go to college, right? Um, but whatever, right? The, the reality is you can start serving God, start giving back, start, start making a difference. Here's one of the best principles you could ever learn as a single person. Do this. Be the person that the person you're looking for is looking for. Like, be the, be the person. If, if you're like, man, I want to find a, a godly girl, what, what do you think a godly girl is looking for? A godly man. So, so if your vision is like, man, I want to have a, this amazing relationship with honor God, well, you, you better start looking a lot like Jesus. You better start giving back. And that person that you want to be like, you, they want to have an amazing family. Well, guess what? You better start being a family guy. Amen? You know what would be really cool for y'all single people out there? There's an amazing group being right now, one of our life groups. It's a young married group on Sunday night. How cool would it be if you're a single person and you show up to the young married group? Come on, somebody. Just to learn. Show up with a notepad and like, what, what am I going to avoid? You know, what should I know now? That would be the coolest thing, wouldn't it? I mean, if somebody showed up to my group and I was running a married group and they show up and they were single, I would spend all my time with that person because they're going somewhere. Come on, right? I mean, seriously, that's a leader in the making. They care enough about their future to plant some seeds today to be the person that God's called them to be. I mean, that's what you want. And so just start being the person God's called you to be. And if you're looking for something, you better start looking at what they're looking for because they may just walk on by, right? So start living for God. Start focusing on him. Start reading your Bible. Start praying. Hey, start getting pure. Come on, somebody. You want intimacy in your marriage? You better start being intimate with God. And you better get some good communication skills and start using words like, hey, forgive me, I made a mistake. And you better start loving on people. Just get around models that model what it is to have a healthy marriage. And most of us, we don't have that in our life. 
but you can find that at church. It's one of the greatest things, if not the greatest thing you have at church, is models of people that live this out. There's no perfect model. No matter who I name, there's gonna be a problem, amen? But that some people, they just get, they're really good at one thing really well, and you go, man, I can see that God is in this, and you can learn from them. And so I would encourage you, if you want that, I will point out like probably 15 or 20 couples that you could be around and we'd love to show you how to have a healthy marriage. I've yet somebody come up to me after the message and say, point out a couple. Um, but that's what God has called us to do. You know, think about this. If you're single and you're like, hey, I, I really want to be married. I want to have this right person. Don't worry about the right person. God's going to bring that person to you. God, God's going to bring them across your path. Don't be looking and find your identity in somebody else. Just wait and follow Jesus. Put your head down and go. Just start serving, saying yes to him, and God's going to bring your past together. Matter of fact, you start serving God for a little bit of season, you just kind of pop your head up and look around, you're going to eliminate about 90% of people immediately. <laughs> just being honest. A lot of people don't serve God. The culture's not that direction, but you just put your head back down and keep going. All of a sudden, you're like, man, I like, I like this. You just merge lanes, right? Just get a little closer. And sometimes, you know, you get, get in, you just got to cut somebody off, amen? You just got to cut them off, man. Dying was dating somebody. He asked me advice about the relationship with Diane. I said, you should break up. Come on. <laughs> Guess what happened? <laughs> he gone. <laughs> God ordained advice. He came for me from a word from the word. I gave him a word. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, merge on in there. God will bring the right person. So much I want to say, but I won't. But God will bring the right person in the right time. And so they, me and Diane's like, we dated for four years long distance in college, and we were in colleges most of the time, 600 miles apart. And, uh, but I knew Diane because we did so much stuff together. And by the time I was, it was like, even think, I wouldn't even think about marriage. I was thinking about serving Jesus, third Jesus, like doing all this stuff. And somebody's like, bro, if you do not marry her, you're a complete moron. And there was other words put into that. And I was like, really? <laughs> I guess I am, you know? Because we've been serving together and following God together. And so I realized like, dude, if, if we get married, we can do more together than apart, amen? Like, like, I'm not trying to be like each other, trust me. Like, she can sing. There's a reason I sit in the front row and sing, because I want people you're to plead, right? Right? Like, we're just gifted for each other, and God put us together. And so don't stress about having the right person. Just be the right person, and just every once in a while look around, kind of take an assessment, and then sit somewhere else at church next Sunday. Come on, somebody. Right? But some, somebody's going to, God's putting together on purpose to serve him on mission. So if you're married, what's your mission? What's your mission? What's your mission? Some of you are like, I don't have a mission. I'm not gonna raise your hand because probably reality is most people don't have a mission for this, but you need to get a mission. But here's what Satan wants to do. When he gave the apple to Adam and Eve, he, they're eating from the tree of the knowledge of not just evil, but good and evil. So all of a sudden their eyes were open, not just all the problems in life, but all the other good things as well. And oftentimes in marriage, it's not the evil things, it's not, it's not necessarily, there is evil things in marriages. There, there's abuse and there's drugs and there's all sorts of stuff. Bitterness, whatever, right? But it's often the good things that stop your marriage from going forward. I mean, it, it's the good things. It, it, there is a lot of good TV shows. Come on, somebody, right? And, and we're like, well, we didn't pray together, but we, we watched the whole season, you know? I mean, some of you guys watched some, some, some movies at the movies last week. So I invited to something three. I can't remember the name of it. You know what I'm talking about, like a donkey three or something like that, you know? And, and, and I was like, bro, I'm working too hard to come out to that. I think it's kind of funny, but I, I'm not going to go do it, you know? I love you, Drew. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. I mean, it's like, nothing wrong, but it's like, I, I just don't have time, you know? 
But, but if you have time for all those other things, but you don't have time for your marriage, you know what they call that? It's called an idol. If you have time to play video games, I started playing this game on my phone last week. I, just, I don't play games. I download this thing. It's like putting the pieces in the right spaces. Oh, this is fun. And now I have to beat my high score. <laughs> Why? Stupidest thing, right? But you have time for all this, but you don't have time to pray together. I don't have time to, 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 to get down, sit down together and say, what, what are we doing? What's God put on our heart? We're missing it. And Satan has taken all these good things and distracted us from the God thing, amen? And there's so many good things. There's a lot of good things. Sports is a good thing. I love sports. I love sports. That's a good thing. Wakeboarding, boating, all, these are all good things. But are you, do you have time to do the God things in your life? Can, we can make time. And we should make time. We've got to fight for the things of God in our marriage. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. We know these good things. But what's stopping you from falling in love with Jesus with your spouse? What's stopping you? It's awkward. Maybe you have to have a real conversation, which we're not used to. <laughs> like we've got to say things to each other that are like heartfelt. I may have just blown the lid off right there. Like we just didn't coexist. I didn't have a, 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 a bunk mate, but I had a real intimate relationship. It all starts with that communication. Satan will do everything to destroy what God instituted in Genesis 2, where he said you'll be united as one together. So what's your, what's your mission? What's your mission together? You gotta find something that unites you together. Like what, what are you in love with? Like righteously in love with? Like do God's all over that. Like that's something I can bet, put my life into. I can bet the farm on that. I put my marriage into that. What's some things in your life that you know God righteously hates? What's some things you know just make God mad? And, you're, and you and your spouse can be like, dude, I'm getting behind that. I'm, I'm gonna serve God together. For, for some of you, it's hospitality. So some of you guys love helping people. You, you, your house is always full. There's three people coming over. You make a dinner for 30. Come on, somebody, right? Like you, just, you, you, just, you see that. So some of you guys hate it when people are alone. You see somebody show up to church. They sit by themselves. You're like, oh, man, I can't have that. And, and, and you notice they're just kind of like their marriage is falling apart and like, you know, pull in together. You just have that sense on you, and you just love to care for people. I mean, some of you guys used to be in debt up to your ears. Some of you guys just made so many mistakes financially, and then you, you made a way out, and you're like, man, I figured out these things I'm doing, I changed some habits, and now you love to help people. We love people to come in and share people. There's so many people who are in consumer debt, just barely surviving and not living on the blessings of God. I mean, some of you as couples, you love kids. You love kids, and you absolutely hate it to see kids hurt. You hate it. There's this thing in America called the foster system. It's a code word for American orphans. Come on, somebody. It really is. Like, it's a system. It's not a good system. It's not a healthy system. It's not a substitute system for the family. It's a place where kids go and they just kind of survive through. And the reality is they really need families, these kids. And so maybe your heartbeat is just to care for people. Like, man, I, I, we tried to have kids, we couldn't have kids. Or maybe you had two kids, you're like, add, add the third. Guaranteed three and not four, right? Um, or or may, maybe it's just like, I see the situation, I know it can make a difference. And some of you guys stepped up. Some of you guys have adopted kids. Some of you guys, just just an idea like, oh, man, I'd love to do that one day. And I'm not saying it, it, it's easy, but I'm saying God is all over it. I mean, one of the things, this is religion. This is James. This is religion. to care for widows and the orphans. Don't think the foster system is a substitute for a family. It's It's broken. And I know, I've, I've had foster kids, I've adopted kids. And they do their best and they try, but I'm not knocking against them. But the reality is we can see that as a couple and say, hey, God's, God's in this. 
Like, it's tough, but God has put me here on a purpose, and I, I can pour out and make a difference. So the mission of your life is not to be happy in your marriage. The, the mission is to live together for the cause of Christ and live on mission for Jesus. And to be honest with you, some of you guys are so gifted as a couple. If you just be like, can we get on the same page? Man, Satan, Satan's going to be worried when you start having this conversation today, amen? You look at your spouse and be like, hey, I think God's called us to this. And Satan's going to go, oh, no, they figured it out. This is not good. And for some of you guys, you got to jump in and serve and, and make a difference. Some of you guys love teenagers. Now, most adults just despise teenagers. But some of you are like, man, I, I, I love teenagers because I remember what it was like when I was a teenager. I remember all the dumb stuff I did and the stuff I struggled with and the people that was around. I was just trying to follow this. I just needed something in my life that cared about me. And some of you guys love people and love teens, love God. God's calling you to do this. For some of you, you need to show up and just jump into youth ministry and be like, dude, I'm going to make a difference. I'm here. I'm committed. I'm not qualified. I don't, I'm not saying you're perfect, but I love God, love people. Some of you guys, you're like, man, I'm not called to serve youth ministry, but I am called to pack my van out full of teenagers and drop them off to youth ministry. Come on, somebody, right? You get these over there. You know what I'm saying? Just make a difference because you don't know what God's going to do in those relationships. And you can put your life out there as a couple. Some of you guys love to help people in the hardest seasons. I'm in the tough seasons. Loss. A funeral, an empty plate at home, and somebody going through COVID in a really bad way. I mean, some of you guys love to help in those seasons. It's not a chore for you. You love to go to the hospital to visit somebody. You, you love to pray with people, just be at their bedside, hold their hands, talk to them. I mean, it's, just, it's so sad how many people don't go to the hospital and visit. I mean, it's sad. I don't think anybody should die alone, but people do. And you guys can be the part that plays the picture of Jesus walking through the valley of shadow. I know it sounds crazy, but some of you guys are called to do that and called to live on mission. So some of you guys are called to help people who are struggling with food insecurity. Uh, we have a life group that meets every Wednesday night and serves food to homeless people. Uh, this guy wears a shirt this, that runs it. Homeless people matter. I loved it. Most people don't. Most people feel bad for homeless people. Most people don't make a difference. They go out and make a difference every single week for years and years and years and years. And you can just go out as a couple and say, I'm going to serve and, and give back and make a real difference and impact in somebody's life. For some of you guys are gifted in business. You're business leaders, you maybe own a company, you're involved in business, and God has just called you to be generous as a couple. Like you have the ability to move the needle in any organization you choose to give to. Um, you're sitting on some wealth and you need a vision or your vision from God. It's like, God, what do you want me to do with all these resources you bless my life with? How can I multiply this for the kingdom? Amen. So what's your mission as a couple? What, what's the mission God has for you? Did I tell you this to be a tough message? It's a tough message, isn't it? Because you leave here, there's like some real work to be done. So I'm not saying go out and start with 51C3, amen? I'm not saying go out, maybe God has called you to start with 51C3, but maybe not today. But I'm calling you to go out there and make a difference. And here's what unity looks like. Unity doesn't mean you're the same. You're not trying to make somebody look like you. They have different personalities and gifting and, and, and call of God, but you're gonna work together on this. And so unity is not being the same. No, 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 not at all. Unity is be, being together being united in what God is doing. I believe this has been really the foundation for me and Diane's relationship. Just being together on the same page and investing in the same things and believing for the same things. Our hearts are aligned. In fact, we've done a lot of stuff together. We were in high school and I really first started hanging out in high school and we were both in the band together. We're the nerds, amen? Come on, we led the nerds. We were drum majors together. Uh, we went to church together. Uh, we were in the church orchestra together, come on. That's how you know it's true love right there. I went to the choir. I was trying to be together in the choir, but they, they didn't want me back after the first session. They knew. <laughs> didn't work out, right? Um, 
we went together into youth camp and God spoke to us at youth camp individually, but it was the same call. He already knew he was gonna put us together. We had no idea that we had the same call in our lives that we would know for years and years down the road that we came together. Uh, we went to college and we served God in college. And then we said, hey, you know what? We can do more together than apart from the cause of Christ. And we got hitched in 2007. Come on, somebody. And then for 10 years, we served together in a youth ministry. It wasn't my ministry. It wasn't her ministry. It was our ministry. Like, we're, like, together on this. Like, we're all in. Like, it's not something I do and she watches. Like, we're, we're together. And then God called us to start a church, and we did it. Figured it out. God, we did, we did it together. And matter of fact, God spoke to her long before. I mean, God was speaking to me. I'm just stubborn. I'm a guy. Come on, somebody. And, and God always speaks to the woman first. It seems like there's a little bit more attentive spiritually. And she's like, I think, you know, God's calling to start a church. I'm like, oh, no, it's going to work out over here. We're going to do this and this. And then I was like, okay, babe, God's calling to start a church. She's like, yeah, it's about time, you know, to come around. And so we start a church. We do things together. We drove to church together today, which is unusual. Actually, matter of fact, I drive here early morning and pray for the building and prep message, all stuff. But together we got here because the kids were somewhere else. And we're setting the stage up literally together. Isn't that crazy? We're serving all the time together. And Scott Germain, he's like, dude, let me get a picture because you guys are serving together on this stage. I was like, dude, I'm going to use my message because we're always doing stuff together because we have the same heartbeat and the same mission. Matter of fact, uh, a few years ago, God put someone on Diane's heart I wouldn't really see and she leads her outreach, local ministry. And there's this dream centers that go come across the United States, just phenomenal, huge ministries. And there's one up north in KCK, Kansas City, Kansas. And uh, they were thinking, man, we do a south, we do something over here, you know? And so we're like, man, well, how about we do a hope center? How about something on our side of town? And God started putting a vision in her heart. And uh, I was like, hey, if it's on your heart, it's on my heart, amen? Because we're together. So it's like, hey, if God's speaking to you on that, tell, tell me about that. What do you see? What, what, what's God saying? And it's like, we start getting behind us. And it's okay, God. And what we're doing now is just the tip of the iceberg for this Hope Center. Matter of fact, it's just the first Hope Center, amen? Notice this is one. But there's a vision for more. And so this is something hard. And I'm proud to say that we're a few months away from having the first Hope Center, amen? All because, listen, together of what God was speaking to us. So here's what I tell you about whatever God's calling you to do. Don't sell yourself short in your marriage, amen? Don't sell yourself short for what God can do through you. We had no idea God could do any of this. We were dreaming way too small. For some of you, it's just simple. Like we're gonna get together on the same page. We're gonna communicate together. We're gonna love our kids the same way. We're gonna fight for this. Then had to be all those big stuff out here in buildings or whatever. It's just about living together on a mission for Christ and God's gonna start moving you. So don't settle for anything less than the mission of God in your life. Don't settle for, for coexisting. Don't settle for the same sex life, right? Don't, don't settle for the same Netflix show, the same sports team, or going to the same sports, watching your kids play. Or don't settle for the same vacations, or the same habits, or the same hikes, or the same designs you have and plans for your kids. No, be mission-driven for the things of Christ. And I'll leave you with this. There's one letter shift between the word united and the word untied. One letter shift. It's just the letter I. It's all about where you put the I. If you're united together things of Christ, your, your, your marriage is going to stay together. If you're united behind things of God, you're going to stay together. It's not about you. And it's not about Diane. It's about Jesus. Amen. It's about us serving him. There's a third person in the picture, and we're united with Jesus. But if you get the eye in the wrong place, it will become untied. And it will fall apart over time because there's two people living in different directions with different visions, not on the mission of things in Christ. And Satan is smiling ear to ear knowing that he's got you right where he wants to be because this is broken. And so today, this message really ends on your shoulders.
Today you can write a new chapter or you can stay the same. You can write a, a love story or a tragedy today. And today you get to make the choice, where is the I gonna be in my marriage? That we're gonna be united or untied. So Father, we come before you. God, I pray for all of our marriages, God. I pray that we be united together, God. I pray we put the I in the right spot. I pray for somebody today that recognizes, man, I've been, I've been doing this wrong. And today I need to shift directions. I need to have open communication. I need to listen to God. I need to shift some things around. I can keep a lot of things, but I need to make sure we're following Jesus in our marriage. Maybe that's you today and you say, you know what? I need to put the I in the right spot. Maybe you're single and you've been doing your own thing, but today you're gonna be mission driven by things of Christ. If that's you today in your marriage or single, you want to shift the I be united together for the things of God, live on mission. If that's you, just put your hand high in this place. Say that's me, come on, put your hands up across you've got speaking there. And I see hands all across the room. I'll be united for things of Christ. Father, you see the hands. God, you know our hearts. God, just shape us. God, we mess this up all the time. Why are we married, God? Remind us of the purpose you have. God, let our marriages be the strongest example, the greatest apologetic for the things of Christ in our life. When we look back at the end of our days and somebody says, were you successful? We're not gonna look at our bank accounts. We're not gonna look at the businesses or the amount of churches or any other thing in our life. God, we're not gonna look at the possessions we have. We're not gonna look at all the things we spend our time on. No, we're gonna look at our family. And God, I pray we'd measure our success based upon our marriage. I pray today for forgiveness and hope for people who maybe have gone down the wrong road or been a, a victim of a bad circumstance. I pray that they would be renewed and refreshed, that the past is past, that today is a new chapter. That we just get it right. We're not cohabitating. We're living on mission. And so God, help us to be the church that breaks the mold, that we're different, that we're not like everybody else and that 50% of all our marriages fail because we're putting you in the center of a marriage. We're gonna take it serious because Satan takes it serious and God takes it serious. And so we're gonna fight today for the things of God. I pray for one person in this room that say, you know what? Uh, I, I just need Jesus. Like I had this marriage thing and I don't know where to go with it. And I've been doing my own thing. And I just realized today I need God in my life to live the way God's called me to live. And so the Bible says this, that anybody who believes in Jesus, confess their mouth of the Lord, God, the Jesus, God across with them will be saved. And maybe today you need to start a relationship with Jesus. You need to give yourself a fresh start. You need to say, God, start over. And so if that's you today, you need Jesus, you need the hope of Jesus. I'm not gonna call you out or anything, but if that's you, just raise your hand high and say, I need Jesus today across this place. I need forgiveness, I need new life. I need, I need a second chance, maybe you're online. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Let's see your hand. I want you to pray this prayer. The prayer didn't save you, but the prayer just starts a relationship with Jesus, your heart towards him. Just believe this and say, Jesus, thank you for dying across for me. God, I have not gotten it right, but today I realize that you have. You died on a cross for me, you loved me. God, you sent your son for me and you can have my life. God, you have my relationships. I'm gonna serve you, I'm a mission driven. God, use me how you see fit and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give it those who came to Christ today. Come on, let them know you love them. Come on. You know what's pretty cool is this is why we do church. The church does not exist for itself and those of you who brought somebody, and God was speaking to them and they raised their hand and said, I need Jesus. You didn't just see, which is significant because all of heaven celebrates when somebody comes to Christ, but you just potentially changed a family. They'll change generations, they'll change generations and generations because a marriage is totally different because Jesus came to the equation, amen? And you guys played a part of that when you invite people, when you pray, when you give. So thank you so much for your doing. Come on, give up to God one more time. Let them know you love him. And if that's you today, we are so excited about all God that is all God is doing in you. Today might be the very first day where you're like, you know what? I have a mission. 
I have a purpose. It's to go and live for God, to make disciples. And so we would love nothing more than to help you on that journey that begins today when you trust Jesus. And so I have a couple of next steps for you. And the first one's this. You can take out your phone and text RLNEXT to 97000. It's going to connect you to some resources on our website. And we have a place on there where you can share your story, what God's doing in your life. We would love nothing more than to be able to reach out, to connect with you, and help you on your journey with Jesus. And if you're meeting with us here in person at Kentucky Trail, we have some red bags in the back. You can actually grab one on your way out that has a free Bible in it. It's our gift for you. It has some other information about those resources on our website and ways that you can connect with God as you're starting this journey with Him. And I'm going to say I'm so excited a lot because I am very excited. I'm so excited to share with you that our Columbia missions trip is full. We have filled it up. I know I'm excited. And the reason why I'm so excited is because we have 15 plus people who are taking a step to say, I want to use my life, my resources to be on mission for God. And I'm so excited because there are a ton of people on this trip who have never been on a mission trip before. They've never experienced what God is doing outside of our culture here in the U.S. And I'm so excited to get to be a part of helping to expose them to see what God is doing and maybe to open them up to be like, maybe God is calling me to do something more, something different, to use my gifts and talents for him. And so let me encourage you, if you were like, dang it, I wanted to go on that and it's closed up. We are going to have more opportunities, hopefully two trips a year or Sean will tell me not to say hopefully, I keep saying that, but we will have more opportunities. So if you're like, I so wanted to go, we may actually even be able to do another trip later this year. So come and talk to me. I'd love to connect with you to kind of see, to gauge interest, to be like, no, I really want to do that. Um, And we can continue to plan opportunities to partner with Combiba Norte and to see what God is going to do through our relationship with them. Um, I'm also very excited because maybe today for the first time you're like, okay, I've been going to church, I've been following God, but I don't have a mission. I don't have a purpose. I don't even really know like what it is I'm supposed to do. And so let me encourage you, if you haven't been, next Sunday we're having our crash course at Sean and I's house from 2 to 4.30. It's a really cool opportunity to sit down, to think through your story with God. You know, where are you with God and who has helped you along that way? But it also, we take a part of it where you actually take some assessments of yourself to see how God has gifted you to discover the purpose that he has for you, why he's wired you certain ways, so that certainly you can serve here at Real Life. We would love that. But also so you can know yourself to serve in our community, to serve in your family, to build those relationships. You can learn about your spouse's personality and come check it out so you can maybe, you know, figure some of that stuff out too. Um, But we would love it. It's next Sunday from 2 to 4.30 at our house. Sean and I will be there. We'd love to connect with you um, and just to help you on your journey of discovering your purpose and why God has made you the way that you are. And your last step is this, that maybe today your purpose is to take a step of how can I be a part of what God is doing here at Real Life through generosity. Maybe God's gifted you in ways you're like, I've been a little generous and I need to be a lot generous. Maybe you've never tried giving before and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to try it and see what God can do. I believe he can do a lot through that. And I know that he is changing lives through the generosity of so many people who call Real Life home. If you're new with us this week, this is not for you. This gathering was our gift for you. We hope that you felt so welcomed when you met with people in the hub. We hoped you had an incredible time experiencing Jesus here. But this is our gift for you. And so please 
see our Next Steps booth and check us out, or our New Here booth, I'm sorry. But if you call Real Life home, let me challenge you that when you are a part of generosity here, you are a part of the lives being changed through our counseling ministry. You're a part of those counseling sessions of restoring marriages. You're a part of young people coming to Jesus on Sunday nights. You're a part of life change happening in those life groups. So much of what we do, everything we do, is because of your generosity. And there's three ways you can do that. You can go to reallifechurchkc.com and click give. You can text any amount to 84321. Or um, if you are here in person with us at Kentucky Trail, we have a giving box in the back. You can drop cash or check in there if that's more convenient. So I want you to check out this way that you can connect to purpose in our life groups. Check it out. Hey guys, Life Groups launched last week and it is not too late for you to sign up. We know that life change happens through connection and relationships and that's where Life Groups come into play. Hey guys, I wanna introduce you to Trisha. She is one of our Life Group leaders that's going to apprentice to be a leader this semester. Thank you, my name is Trisha and I'm looking forward to just jumping in and getting started and I'm excited to see what God has for us this semester. That is awesome. We are so excited for you too. Maybe go ahead and share how you got connected to life groups here at Real Life Church. Well, when I first started coming to Real Life back in the fall, I just really wanted to get connected with a group where I felt maybe I already knew someone. So I picked um, Carrie Cubley's group and it worked out really well and I met some great groups. So um, learned a lot and enjoyed it and look forward to this semester as well. Yeah, that is awesome. It, what you said about like just diving into connection and joining a group with people you already know, mm -hmm. we love that. And we know that we are a church that does not just feature life groups, but we are a church made up of life groups. And Trisha, why don't you go ahead and share why you wanted to be a life group this semester? Well, after really diving in last semester with such a great group of ladies and going through the curriculum that we had, um, and met a lot of really great women and just watching each other grow and praying for each other. I really kind of wanted to keep that going into this. When I was presented with the opportunity to intern, I like that's what I want to do. That's my passion, watching women grow, people in general, just watching them grow and finding their purpose in Jesus. I love that. I love hearing your heart to serve, heart for women, heart to lead people. We know that God is going to use you to do big things as you lead a life group this next semester. Thanks. Well, hey, Real Life, it is not too late for you to sign up for a life group. Maybe you heard Trisha's story and feel that tug on your heart to be a life group leader. I would love to connect with you, hear your heart, and get you started on the onboarding and apprenticing process to lead a life group next semester. And maybe you heard Trisha's heart this morning and you're feeling that pull and connection to join in through a relationship through a life group. I wanna encourage you to sign up for a life group today. You can check them out at our website. We've got groups for hiking, for biking, for pickleball, we've got a marriage group, we've got a book study, we've got a Bible study, and we've got two freedom groups this semester that will help you work through getting past your past. And Dream Team, this one's for you. This is an all skate moment. We love that you pour your hearts out, serving side by side with each other. But let's take it a next step further and let's serve soul to soul with each other. And that happens through life groups. I want to encourage you as well, join a life group with those you serve with. But maybe it's time for you to take a step outside of your comfort zone and join a group you've never joined before to start building those new connections and relationships. 
And we know that life change happens through groups and relationships, and that's why I encourage you to sign up for a life group. You can check them out in the hub or check them out online. But either way, I can't wait to see you in a life group this next week. See you there. Man, are you guys excited for life groups? Yeah. Hey, if you haven't joined one, it is not too late. Come hang out with us at the Life Group Board. Come check out and see what's available that meets your time and interest. And can I give you some encouragement? I tease people all the time. I know I get up here on stage, but I'm the biggest introvert in the world, and I guarantee that I would never miss another Life Group because of the friends and the family that I've made from just hanging out with people. So you are missing out if you're not a part of one. Come hang out. We would love to see you at one this week. Hey, if you need a prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. Can't wait to see you guys again next week at 9, 30, and 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next week.